0: Greetings and welcome to the SideQuest Heroes podcast. I am one of your hosts, Clive Cookson, alongside the Robin to my Batman and one of the hosts of the Screen 17 podcast, Ray Hog. How are you doing today, Ray? I told you it's Red Hood. Oh, Red Hood, apologies. <laughs> I am pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm very excited today. We have got a very special guest, friend of the show, video game narrative designer and author extraordinaire, Brian Lele. How are you doing today, Brian?
1: Thanks very much, lads. What a lovely introduction. It's a great pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah,
2: we're rolling out the digital red carpet for you, my friend.
1: (laughs) Wow, it's it's very shiny.
0: Today we've got a great show lined up. We will be discussing first the breaking news that Microsoft is buying Bethesda, which is absolutely crazy. Then we'll talk about our favourite video games inspired by other mediums such as books, comics, TV shows... We'll be discussing some of our favorite or not so favorite books, comics and TV shows inspired by video games and also discuss some of our favorite writing or storylines in a video game. But before we get into all that, if you didn't know, this is the SideQuest Heroes podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything video games. If you like the sound of that, follow and listen to us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other kick-ass podcast services available online. On top of that, we're also on Instagram. You can find us there using at SideQuest Heroes, and follow all of our video game-related shenanigans there. Post some comments and do let us know what kind of topics you'd like us to cover in future because we're always open to ideas and as Ray has rightly pointed out before, we're probably going to run out of them very soon. Very soon. We're at the bottom of the barrel of ideas right now. That's <laughs> why well, I'm here, apparently. Exactly. We exactly.
2: bring in, we bring in a, like a consultant to get the podcast up and going again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now, before we get into the episode, it is time for that segment, which I like to call What You Been Playing? What You Been
2: Playing? Come on!
0: What You Been Playing?
1: What do we play what
0: what i will start off with you brian what have you been playing recently
1: oh i have been playing actually quite a lot of things i've been been mixing it up a lot the weekend i finally decided to pick up a game on the pc called satisfactory have you guys heard about this game
0: no yeah. i've never heard of it no
1: it's crazy it's kind of like a puzzle game, but you're you're this astronaut guy who's dropped on an alien planet, and it's first-person. Beautiful graphics. It's only in early access at the moment on, on PC. I don't know if it's coming out on consoles or whatever, but the way it works is you land on the planet, and you turn your ship into this kind of weird factory thing, and you, like scout around mm. the planet grab like resources and start sticking them into the factory and what that does is it allows you to start generating uh, resources and um create these mining drills You stick your mining drills down on these particular places and you get things like iron and copper and all these weird alien resources. But where the trick and the real fun of the game comes in is you start building these conveyor belts that go over each other and start like moving things around and you can connect different things together to make little gadgets. And the more you play, the more gadgets you unlock. It's like if you've ever played Minecraft, it has that kind of thing where, you know, when when you just play Minecraft for the first time and it clicks and you're just like, oh, I need to just play for five more minutes. And then you look at the clock and it's like, (laughs) three <laughs> in the morning
2: and <laughs> going. actually seeing some screenshots over here it looks mental it looks like team park on acid
1: yeah it's cr- absolutely crazy or like sim city or something it's super addictive i really recommend it guys it's it's um it's pretty open like it, it's in early access so there's not a huge campaign tour or anything i think mm. they're going to be adding features as they go so at the moment it's just like loads and loads of conveyor belts that overlap each other and making weird jump pads and cars and things to drive around it's it's crazy it's like an open world uh sandbox kind of game really recommend it super
0: sounds very cool
2: yeah what about yourself ray i finished marvel's avengers because i hate myself and i need to punish Mm -hmm. myself because i can't have good things it's grand the 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 single player campaign is actually quite satisfying Uh, (laughs) it's not Mm -hmm. satisfactory but no it's it's i can see why people have concerns about it where It seems as though it was probably developed initially as a single player game. And then the whole multiplayer aspect was kind of shoehorned in because it's a massive grind to get anything in it, like nameplates, cosmetics. Like you have to do, you, you don't just accrue points like a normal game where you're like, you just keep playing and you're getting points, points, points. You actually have to do specific missions to build up points. And only when you have enough points can you unlock certain things in your character progression. I, I, I don't know. It's really unsatisfying.
0: When I was playing the beta, a lot of the time I'd be like, oh, how the hell do I do the gear? I, I just found myself pressing use best gear a lot yeah. of the time. It really is like that. It's it's just very unintuitive of the way it does the gear. I would love it if it did the gear
2: very similar to like, have you ever played, you've played Injustice, haven't you? Oh, yes, Yeah, do you know the, the way the gear is built on that? So you unlock certain parts of gear that reflect different parts of the character and then... you you can tell by the rarity of the color and you can break it down. And when you change it in and out gear, it actually reflects on the character. Whereas in this, that doesn't happen. You just unlock a skin and you're just upgrading parts, but nothing cosmetically changes. You're just looking at it going, I guess this is good. Like there's certain things that have like modifiers on them. So like you might get a shield that can, uh, let's say, fight frost powers or fight fire powers. Or you might get like, a helmet that will kind of reduce shock damage. But that's about it. Like, its okay. I don't know. It's not great, to be honest. <laughs> what about yourself? Hitting anything new?
0: Been playing the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection on the Nintendo Switch. And my God, it just brings me back to my childhood. I'm doing it in a certain way at the moment where I'm starting off with Mario Galaxy and then I'll play Mario Sunshine and then I'll play Mario 64. I know it's a bit of an odd way to go, but I figured want to play the newest game first and go back. Mm. Further to my childhood, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is the infamous uh, game. Great. That's when
0: you have for six months, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, no, what it are going to do? I mean, they, they've upgraded the visuals slightly on the Wii version of uh, Mario Galaxy. It actually looks really good on a TV, from what I've seen. Uh, screenshot wise, the Super Mario Sunshine they've almost made it like a bit more widescreen, so you can see more of the land, which is kind of cool and slightly changed the ui so it's a bit smaller in the corners but uh looking forward to playing that but i think i'm about halfway through mario galaxy now anyway so Mm. been enjoying that
1: i remember playing that on the wii it was really fun it's probably the best game on the Wii, actually probably you guys still playing any fall guys
0: now and again yeah i'm still trying to get to level 40 because i'm conscious that season two is coming up soon isn't it sometime in october
2: yeah do you have do you get a trophy
0: if you get to level 40 yeah you get some kind of trophy where if you reach level 40 in a single season um as far as i know and i'm at level 35 it'll probably take me ages to, to get to 40 anyway i'm one level away from my full hot dog costume nice i, I got an owl costume which was kind of cool an owl with glasses oh nice yeah hmm. Still you
1: had good it, old old Brian. yeah i played a good bit of it actually when it came out on uh, ps plus that time Play with my kids they love it even the youngest guy who's four plays it he qualified for one of the levels, so that's very embarrassing for all the other players who are... <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, hey, look, he, he, just the Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, man, you know? Well, I still haven't beaten Slime Climb or gotten a crown all right. yet, so uh-huh. <laughs> I think the Apple falls really far from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, lads,
0: let's get into the breaking news. So firstly, we got to talk about Microsoft buying the parent company of Bethesda ZeniMax Media. So according to online, they'll be buying them for $7.5 billion. The company owns several game developers, including Bethesda Softworks, who developed, like to say, Fallout and the Elder Scrolls, as well as ID Software, or is it called ID Software, Uh, Mm. known for Doom, Rage and the Wolfenstein games as well. Now, as per a few tweets going out online, so Jason Schreier tweeted that Phil Spencer advised the Xbox plans to honor the PS5 exclusivity commitment for both Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, but future Bethesda games will be on Xbox, PC, and other consoles will be on a case-by-case basis. Now, we're hearing also that Bethesda's back catalogue is coming to Game Pass as well for both console and PC on the Xbox, so I guess first of all, Ray Bryan... What are your thoughts on this? To me, it seems huge for the gaming industry.
2: Yeah. um I think, as I said before, the show kind of kicked off to yourself, Clive. Like, when I read the news first, I was kind of like, oh, what's everyone getting their panties in a twist here? This is just another acquisition. But then I kind of realized, wait, this includes like Wolfenstein, include Doom, Elder Scrolls, all of those games. I was like, holy shit, this is quite a get for Xbox and fucking Microsoft as a whole. Yeah, it's mental, it's really mental
1: it really feels like a play for a good exclusives catalog from microsoft that's the thing that people tend to say when they say they like the ps4 more and i've heard you guys mention it on this podcast a few times you think the first party games on playstation have been better in recent years Definitely, yeah. definitely microsoft's attempt to say well actually now we've got elder scrolls and fallout and you don't so that's what it feels like anyway
2: yeah i wonder also um will it mean that bethesda as a whole can take a bit more risks with their games that aren't so let's say for example like the way fallout 76 was obviously a bit of a cash grab disaster of a game that they could actually revise that going forward with something like fallout 5 that will actually have that open world kind of feel to it as well but maybe better thought out and not so stingy with their rewards because obviously, I guess being a private-owned company, they probably had a lot of shareholders and investors They kind of had to appease with the games they were putting out. But now Microsoft, I think, generally have a good track record of letting developers kind of do what they want. Like if they trust them, they'll just let them develop the game they want to do. So that could actually work in our benefit going forward with a lot of these games.
0: Yeah, it's exciting because with all these studio acquisitions like, like say, Double Fine, Obsidian and now Bethesda, you got to think now that they're all pretty much financially stable, all they have to do is show up to work and put out awesome games. I think they'll have a bit more creative freedom, which will be very good to see in future. But I think this could be great. I mean, when you think of it now with Game Pass, we will be getting the likes of say the Bethesda games, the id software games. We will have the EA games on Game Pass as well, as we already know, and Mm. all the Xbox One exclusives day one and obviously a lot of the indie titles and third-party titles come to game pass as well the value for money just seems to be getting better and better each day with game pass especially with this acquisition um, this this announcement um
2: was very well tied into the fact that pre-orders are going live tomorrow that this is the final thing to kick it over the line to be like and guess what it's (laughs) because i even completely forgot about the ea play thing being included in game pass
1: like
0: that's just astonishing
1: yeah the day before the timing was was really important i think for that
0: Mm. i mean can you think of all the you know even the casual players like your madden players your fifa players your nba players and so on they just buy the one game every year potentially yeah one friend um i only have one friend um
2: a friend of mine from home jason he actually um one of the only games he plays is fallout 76 like literally it's the only game he plays um, because it allows him to jump in and out and he kind of goes, yeah, you know, if, if it comes out on the next console, that's probably the next console I'll get. But it just goes to show that like, even a game like that being delivered in kind of like a hodgepodge way does have its fans. You know, maybe they they like the the, the kind of grind that you there's no commitment to keep playing the game every day. You can just drop in and out whenever you want. And, and they're the type of games that those people are attracted to. Too. So to imagine going forward xbox having something like fallout 5 come out and it is that thing that will attract certain people who are just fallout fanboys or vault boys you <laughs> <should> we say <laughs> um that they'll all be going yeah i'm going to invest in an xbox because i'm a fanboy i want the next fallout game and here's the idea that it might only be on xbox so why would i bother getting a playstation now now not to say it'll sway too many people i mean we've talked about this before that if you're infirmly in one camp you're probably not going to get swayed but it will definitely Ship a couple of digital edition Xboxes, I think. Yeah,
1: people will jump on that Xbox Series Mm. S. I think for the the low cost of entry and Microsoft are making their money from their subscription. They don't. The hardware cost is only going to hit them in the short term, and Mm. they don't really care after that. They'll have everybody in there and playing the games, and they'll be scooping up all that subscription money.
0: Yeah, because I think I mentioned this to you before, Ray. Like the next generation, it's not really going to be Xbox how many consoles have we sold, that kind of thing. It's like, okay, how many Game Pass subscribers do we have? Who's playing, Mm. you know, xCloud on their phones and so on? So it's very interesting, but you obviously have the Xbox Series X for the diehard, hardcore Xbox fans. Mm. But even the Xbox Series X would make a brilliant second edition console to any household, really. So it might even sway a lot of, you know, PlayStation people who are going to get the PS5 to say, you know, I want to play these other games as well. I'll just get a Xbox Series S down the line. So mm. very interesting. Anyway, yep. now before we move on, Brian, I'll put you on the spot here. If you were to choose between one console, the Xbox Series X or S, and the PS5, right now, what would you choose and why?
1: X going to give it to you, Clive? Oh, definitely. <laughs> has to be has to be the Xbox because I guess like I've had the Xbox One and the PS4. Ray's giving me the look right now. It's it's. Uh, as he's so holding I'm, his PlayStation I holding mug. a PlayStation mug. <laughs> I, I actually well, I got, a, I got a PS4 first this gen, and then I ended up getting an Xbox One only mm. about a year and a half ago. And mm. then when Game Pass came out for that, it wasn't great when it first came out. It was like maybe about 30 games on it or so. And that felt like good value at the time. And now we have all of this stuff. I think it, anybody who isn't considering Xbox is just crazy at this stage. Like You're going to yeah. be getting loads of your best third-party games on there at some stage for free. All the first party ones for free on day one, and the exclusives. There are still exclusives on the Xbox as well, not just on the PlayStation. And we'll be um, getting
0: more with all those studio acquisitions as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, like Sen uh, Sen Sen was uh, Saga Hellblade Two yep. is coming out this year. once the games are always table. Forza Motorsport, um, Psychonauts, loads of gears. Stuff. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, like to be honest with you, we all know the Xbox One launch was just an absolute shambles but Mm. since phil spencer took over the role my god he's completely kind of turned the ship and i guess given xbox a whole new breath of life really i think he's done an absolutely brilliant job and he's a gamer as well he plays his nintendo switch he plays his ps4 you know he knows good video games when he sees it but it's Mm. brilliant to see him you know trying to do good for the xbox players really
1: and better controller as well just thought i'd throw that in there
0: Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I do agree with that. I, I
1: like I like the weight in the Xbox controller. It just feels
0: chunky. I personally prefer the offset control sticks as well, mm. especially for first-person shooters or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, on to the main part of the show, lads. Let's start off with our favorite games inspired by other mediums. You know, so it could be a comic, could be a TV show, could be a movie, and so on. Or not so favorite, if you have any. Who wants to start off? Should we start off with yourself, Brian, the guest?
1: Sure. I have quite a lot of these that I like. I'll start with my absolute favorite one, and this will probably not be much of a surprise to anybody who knows me, but I think the best game based on a medium of a book or whatever is Knights of the Old Republic, Star Wars. The Bioware game from, jeez, it must be nearly 20 years ago now. That game is absolutely incredible. Like, not only was the storyline to this date, it's probably still one of my favorite storylines in a video game. Um, It's the precursor to the Mass Effect series. It told a Star Wars story that I would say is probably better than most of the movies if not all of the movies different colored lightsabers amazing graphics <laughs> at the time the gameplay that that sort of you could play it in real time but you could also pause it and queue up actions and you had like strategy you could do it turns based in the real time it was bioware at their best absolutely fantastic and the reveal like have you guys played by the way have you guys played I've, uh, I've never
0: played it actually I played it back in the day on PC
1: the reveal in the story of this is probably the best twist hmm. in games ever like in my opinion they basically spend the whole the first say 15 20 hours of the game opening the bad guy hmm. and his former master so the bad guy is this guy called darth malik he has like no bottom jaw he's a proper bad like he's a he's a grim guy like he's really hmm. intense he's dark side a, guy jaw-dropping bad yeah <laughs> His old master was Darth Revan, this guy with a mask, and you never, you never really learn much about them. But your character has explosive amnesia, to quote Futurama. Um, and <laughs> how uh, convenient! <laughs> how very convenient. But d- despite that, that kind of cliche, they just this reveal that you were Revan all along. Mm. So you're like the most powerful Dark Sith of all time. And like when you see that reveal, and basically you get this cutscene of. Um you see Darth Revan on this cool looking cliff with all this stuff going on behind him. Mm. Uh, he just takes the mask off and it's your player character that you generated at the start of the game that you made yourself. And you're like, oh, oh totally. my God, I am Darth Revan. This is absolutely crazy. I've never seen anything like this before.
0: <laughs> now, Ray, um, what about yourself? Uh, any favorite g- video games based on other mediums? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay with kind
2: of movies. This is a franchise that has a lot of video games in its back catalog, but this by far is probably the best one. And it's Alien Isolation, Um, mainly because canonically it does tie in with the series. Um, I don't know how official that canon is, but there is definitely appearances from the original Nostromo crew through uh, voice logs and through, through like tape recordings and stuff like that. But the game itself is just fantastic. You obviously play uh, Amanda Ripley, so Ellen Ripley's daughter, years after her mother went missing. And she's on this new space station that's just been infested by a xenomorph. And it's played kind of like a cat and mouse type game. So you, you don't have any weapons, so you can't kill this thing. You have to constantly hide in, like, closets, underneath tables. You have to make sound grenades, so you have to throw across a room to lure it over there. Sometimes you'll sabotage other humans to walk into a room to die so you can run out the other door. It's just amazing. And this game is super scary. One of my mates, Eddie, actually, uh, he can't even play it. It's that scary. He he played the first 10 minutes. He was like, nope, I'm out, (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) But the writing in it is very good. I mean, it it ties in so well with the Alien franchise. It feels like it could even be its own standalone movie. If they developed this into a movie and released it, it probably would still be much better than anything bloody um, Ridley Scott has put out in the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. like it, it would blow Prometheus and that other Covenant thing out of the water. And again, there's twists towards the end about what's actually happening. Yeah, just absolutely fantastic game that just came out of nowhere, really.
0: Yeah, even the sound design itself, as well, I just thought yeah. was absolutely brilliant in that game.
2: Yeah. Everything from like just the, the ambient music to it's like that <laughs> kind of like ambient music. And then you obviously you get the thing I feel like Michael Winslow now, uh, where you have the, the motion track wars boop, boom, boom, boom. You got your beeps, your creeps, and your sweeps. <laughs>
1: i love get to watch you play that around. game, right? definitely <laughs> yeah see, see me play resident time. evil <laughs> this is this is just as
0: fucking bad
1: yep so Cowered that's my behind one. the controller the whole time yeah. oh yeah i mean the, or, even
0: the switch port worked out really well for that game yeah. It actually looks pretty much on par with the ps4 which yeah is i think it actually the
2: resolution looks better on the switch but the funny thing about it on the playstation is i never had the full immersive uh thing you can actually play it with the playstation camera as well and if you engage the mic and camera to play it, it locks onto your head and picks up the ambience in the in the room. So if you make a noise, so say you pick up a cup and you drop it again like that or something, the alien will hear you in the room. So you actually have to try and stay quiet. But also if you tilt your head, like say if you're hiding behind a corner and you tilt your head to the right, the camera on screen
0: will tilt as well because it's tracking your head movement.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I might have to replay it with that feature enabled.
0: I'll start off with a pretty obvious one for me, Uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt game. I think it was, what, released in 2015, maybe? Yeah, Uh, yeah. Although it was ported, obviously, to Nintendo Switch in 2019, which was a huge surprise to everyone when CD Projekt Red (laughs) was able to get the game Mm. onto one cartridge. No extra downloadable content, people. Just saying. Um, this is why I have a problem with Game Freak and Nintendo not
2: getting Pokemon voices onto one of those cards. They can do one. <laughs> if, if CD Projekt Red can put The Witcher onto one of those cards, they can put voices on their Pokemon.
0: Damn straight, Ray. You give it to them. But developed by CD Projekt Red, who are also developing Cyberpunk 2077, which I'm really, really looking forward to. It's a third person action RPG video game and game you play the role of Geralt of Rivia monster slayer known as a witcher and it's the main story an emperor enlists the help of uh, Geralt in finding their daughter siri who's on the run from wild hunt you can walk run roll dodge all that jazz and you can ride a horses what else do you need in the game you can use weapons such as bombs crossbows as well wasn't it swords they also announced i think cd project read that they'll be bringing the game to the ps5 and the xbox series x as well which is actually really right. great to see it means, you know, a whole new audience will get to play the game as well if they're going on for the new consoles. As far as I know, it was on Game Pass for a while as well, The Witcher 3, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, like so, yeah. most most games these days.
0: Now, Brian, I know personally you put, what, 100 plus hours into the Switch? Yeah, right I
1: what played it on the Switch game? because I originally was playing it on, I think, PS4. And because the game is so big, I just couldn't get get to play it. just didn't have the time. But when it was released on the Switch, I was able to play it while commuting to work and stuff, and... You know, whenever the TV was in use, I could use them in the handheld mode. And yeah, I poured over 100 hours into it. I finished the full campaign. And the first expansion, the hearts of stone which that it's amazing
0: yeah it's brilliant in in fairness the the expansions are absolutely brilliant for that game there's so much in the game that i'd love to talk about but i obviously don't want to spoil it for you know anyone who hasn't finished it but i would highly recommend it if you ever see it because i mean it's usually on sale as well i think i picked it up in the you know playstation store for pretty Mm -hmm. cheap i think i got it for like seven quid or something like that yeah it's it's always on theme sale as well so definitely recommend it uh, yeah,
2: it's a game and- I'll actually have to go back and restart. I think I only got about 10 hours or so into
0: it and something else came along, took over my life. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Anything else from yourself there, Brian?
1: Yeah, big shout out to um, The Walking Dead by Telltale games. Oh, yeah, the, Particularly the first season of um, mm, that one. Yes, favorite um, one, yep. That was excellent. And also that game engine was really fresh then. Like They didn't make the same game eight times in a row. <laughs> with that, that. That was the first one that was like that, so that was really special when it came out. I also liked The Wolf Among Us that they did.
0: In, oh, brilliant sort of game.
1: in the same series. Yeah. Um, the same one based sort of on gameplay. Fables, isn't it? Yep. The yeah. Fables comic books. Mm, yeah, it was really, I, really good. I
0: think I played that pretty much on everything. Like, I think I played it on PS4, the PS3 and the PS Vita and Jesus. the Xbox. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he must really like that <laughs> really story. really like
1: that game, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never finished it. <laughs> multiple platinums guys multiple platinums
1: uh, another really good game based on a book ray actually mentioned in one of your recent episodes was enslaved odyssey to the west yes mm. um that game is based on an old i think it's chinese the book journey yeah. to the west um it's asian anyway ray talked about it a lot in recent episode so i won't uh, repeat everything you said ray but i totally agree like beautiful vibrant colors in that game and just the story of like a post apocalyptic world where everything isn't just gray and brown right it was it was a mm. fun game to play set in a very serious situation and yeah i really really loved that one like you ray i actually played it relatively recently like only two or three years ago mm. it still holds up super well to this day so
0: even visually as well yeah
2: i think that's what i was most um surprised about when i went back to to play it again um or to play it the first time but like it was just a random recommendation from a youtube video about hidden gems i was like oh i'll pick one of these up and when i first put it in i was just like holy god, this is actually looks way better than that because i was playing it on my old bog standard xbox 360 and it was just like damn this looks way better than anything else i've played for the last while
0: definitely yeah and speaking of hidden gems you should listen to our previous episode about hidden gems does Did that you get you? that plug in there lads yeah, the from, from <laughs> yeah. i'll go on to mine it's based off a tv show south park the stick of truth my god what a game Released in 2014, it was ported to multiple consoles over the years, including Switch more recently. It was developed by Obsidian Entertainment and published by Ubisoft, but Obsidian Entertainment, brilliant studio. It's, what would you call it, guys? A comedy turn-based RPG kind of game? I mean, to me it would just be a a normal RPG. I know it is
2: turn-based, but it would be on par with, if you think of an old Final Fantasy or a SNES JRPG, Mm. it's got those kind of mechanics. Unbelievable game, actually.
0: Yeah. As far as I remember, it took like years to develop. I think there was some kind of development hell where, wasn't it THQ were publishing the game at first? And then I think they filed for bankruptcy. Mm. And I think there was some kind of court cases relating to, you know, trademarks or copyrights and whether the deal for rights for the games would be transferable and so on. Uh, As far as I know, the bankruptcy court in the US approved the sale of like the THQ assets and that. So. That included Stick of Truth, which was bought by Ubisoft. Now, let me check my notes here. They were bought for $3.2 million. Now, that seems very cheap for something like that with, you know, like to say, the South Park license, which is Mm. mad. It turned out to be a really great game. It's it's awesome because when you play it, it's actually like watching an episode of the TV show. Yeah. like (laughs) The artwork was so much like the cartoon that it was hard for me to distinguish, you know, what was actually a cutscene and what wasn't. <laughs> I think I was, um. it's such a weird, like, art style
2: that they spent so long trying to make South Park into a 3D game that would work on PlayStation and N64 and all these game consoles going up, that they just, made it a 2d platformer like the Rappa back in the day or something it would have looked identical to the tv show and
0: people would have loved it sure do you remember the first person shooter on <laughs> n64 oh,
1: throwing snowballs at each other sniper chicken yeah <laughs> but yeah
0: i remember the intro cutscene to that game it was very kind of reminiscent of like lord of the rings or something like that you know mm. some kind of mad fancy tale but At the beginning, when you start off in your bedroom, like for a moment, I thought I was still watching the intro and I was literally just watching the screen. I was like, oh, holy shit, I actually have to move my character. Like, I actually didn't know I was actually in the game, which was stupid. But I guess Mm. the main thing is you you play as the new kid, a.k.a. douchebag who moves to South Park. You cross paths with like Cartman, Princess Kini, and Butters, <laughs> and then you're introduced Bellers! to <laughs> uh, the Stick of Truth. Stick is believed to grant control of the universe to mm. whoever keeps it, and then you align yourself with them to protect the Stick of Truth. But it had kind of cool customization for your character at the start. Mm. It was yeah, like kind of weird. Could be customized, know? really like you could wear any
2: pants, wear any top, wear any mask and hat. Like that's the type of customization I love. That kind of really in-depth customization
0: it had outrageous scenes like the alien, <laughs> the alien anal probe scene with Randy Marsh was just... not
2: the one that banned in Europe? Oh, like, uh, like, it was like you guys censored all that and the stuff. Yes. Like,
0: because there's, when I
2: played it on PlayStation, there's two scenes in particular that are banned and they actually build the censorship as a bit of a funny thing into the game where it's the uh, pitcher, I think, is it David or something, holding his head like this? And it's the something European like Union stars <laughs> saying, like, apologies, but this get- scene was uh, regulated as inappropriate in the European Union. I was like, oh, God! <laughs>
0: But uh, there are parts where you fought like a zombie chef. And then there's like an underpants, gnome mission. And then there was this really, really weird one at the abortion clinic where you fight a giant fetus. But no, it was Kim
2: just... Kardashian's abor- unborn fetus. Oh, Is it Kim God. Kardashian's? There was a giant fetus there. But- yeah, oh, you had to God. fight it. Oh, it was mental. And then after a while, don't the zombies become Nazis?
0: Oh, something like that. Like yeah. it's like yeah.
2: national zombies. And it's just like these random, just zombie nazis then in the middle of the game <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: to be honest like it was definitely out there but i had me laughing mm. my ass off for most that's of it that's the game the game it's roughly about 10 to 15 hours for the main campaign it's obviously longer if you want to do all your collectibles and so on is it the chin pokemon you could uh collect in that <laughs> game as <is> when <laughs> yeah
1: Pokemon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Back here>, man! <laughs> let's but, fighting love what to,
0: to be honest with you it came at a time where i was probably like oh jesus i don't want to be putting another 50 plus errors into an rpg mm. but this kind of 10 to 15 hour rpg came along and it was just absolutely brilliant for me
2: yeah so it's, it's a f- fantastic game and a super quick shout out to
0: the, the follow-up uh, fractured butthole <laughs> oh yes of course <laughs> uh before we move on lads is there any other ones you want to give a shout out to or anything like that yeah i'll um just a
2: very quick one i won't labor on it um it's a double header which are the jurassic world games so jurassic world evolution and jurassic park uh on the mega drive back in the day um mainly jurassic world evolution we never thought we would get an a, a spiritual successor to you operation genesis um this game looks beautiful plays really well there's a nice campaign very cheap to pick it up nowadays so it's well worth getting it especially with the jurassic park dlc so you can get the old uh skins from the really old movies and the visitor center and that type of stuff uh and then yeah obviously the jurassic park game on the mega drive it was just my own favorite one it's not a great game in any way shape or form but the, the fact that you can play as alan grant and a raptor I just always loved playing the Raptor and just like attacking these guys, just like jumping on them and pouncing on them. Yep. So that's that's me wrapped up on that one. Was there not one that you wanted to bash for a second, or oh, there's the I have plenty to bash. I thought we were just talking about good ones. No, Um, no, by all means, bash away there, right? Well, there's there's (laughs) one to bash. It ties into. uh, I also named a a game in the franchise that I loved, Alien Isolation, and then this game, Colonial Marines.
1: Wow. (laughs) Yes.
2: Like what a watch job this game is notorious for having possibly one of the worst enemy ais of all time and i think if if you're in the know you kind of understand the reason why it is um you were saying it before we started brian it was someone had like the wrong letter in the wrong place or a comma where they it shouldn't was, have had and it just completely screwed up the ai and years later the single
1: character yeah in the cut- yeah
2: like yeah. years later the modding community somehow found this and was like no, this doesn't look right. Corrected it, and the game played perfectly. <laughs> it was <just> like <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just that that story in itself is fascinating. I think
0: it shows you how hard coding is as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Respect your coders,
2: game companies. Treat them or, right and pay them
1: well. Or how easy it is if uh, the fans can find the, the problem and the professionals couldn't. That's yeah, a good that's point true. too. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial take there, Brian Bush. You know,
0: did you want to talk about ET there, Ray?
1: Uh, I, d- I didn't want to labour.
2: Better people than me have bashed this game, but yeah, E.T. I mean, it was a it was fair. a <laughs> shovelware game that was thrown out to cash in on the success of a very, very good alien movie back in the day. Um, there's a lot of aliens uh, on my list here. I'm going to stop talking about aliens. Yeah, I mean, notoriously bad game. Basically bankrupt Atari because of it. Uh, they had to try and bury it in a landfill, and it was known in <laughs> the video game rumour for years, but yeah, no, it turned out to be true. Terrible game. Haven't had the pleasure of playing it myself, but I don't need to. I just know it's bad. There you go.
0: No. (laughs) Okay, lads. Next up, let's talk about our favourite or not so favourite books, comics, movies or TV shows inspired by the lovely video games. Ray, why don't you start us off on this one?
2: I'm going to throw cold water on the scorching
0: hot fire here. Causing uproar. Mm -hmm. I like Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: I think it's not a bad movie.
0: Brian, you're smiling there. What does that mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who was it who played... uh...
0: Bob Hoskins know, was Mario, Dennis Hopper was Dennis Bios Hopper. Girl.
1: Didn't Dennis Hopper's own kids say, ah, uh, you didn't have to do that, dad. Things Times weren't that bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And uh, I can't remember your man who plays Luigi. John Leguizamo. Uh, yeah, that's the one, yeah. Luigi, yeah. I think it's one of these weird movies that it's so against the, the, the lure of it, that it's actually fantastic if taken as its own thing. Like, if you rebranded everything about this movie as a different title, it would just be the best movie of all time. It's like these two random lads go into another dimension to rescue a princess against a dinosaur civilization. But there's little things in this movie that are so well thought out that you kind of go, well, I think I have a new fan respect for this movie. Like all the uh, vehicles in the dinosaur world run on electricity, you know, and solar power because there's no dinosaurs. So there's no fossil fuels. <laughs> oh my
1: God. They have now, like a mechanical yoshi dinosaur in the movie or something um they they, did they they had really bad cg wasn't it
2: no 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 it was it was a a like a jurassic park um,
1: animatronic thing wasn't
2: it yeah Hmm. it cost a fortune to make um it was off the back ones of jurassic park so like you know dinosaur fever was out there but um
1: i thought it was good It's, it's
0: stupid it's ridiculous it's shit but i like it (laughs) <laughs> i think it was it was released in 1993 that so i think i was about seven at the time mm. and even i knew it was shit back then <laughs> even though even though i loved mario but it's i mean not, i know they,
2: say, the title the of the question is name the best movie that was
0: or movie made from a video game adaptation you said what's your favorite <laughs> i know that i know that but uh i think they tried to go a kind of dark tone with comedy elements probably mm. similar to ghostbusters i think you'd say yeah, yeah yeah didn't shigeru miyamoto i think he was noted as feeling like the film tried too hard to replicate the games instead of being a good film mm-hmm. which i <laughs> thought was absolutely hilarious now <laughs> wow I mean, I think this movie and the reception from the public was probably the catalyst for why Nintendo is so super protective of their IPs now. Yeah, probably, probably. (laughs) But I mean, they had such weird elements like the Thwomp Stomper boots, which were powered by what looked like bullet bill cartridges. Yeah, you just load them and you go, (laughs) you jump. (laughs) And the The, the fish, is it Big Bertha?
2: The red fish was actually like a giant streetwalker. (laughs) She was like a prostitute who worked there.
0: And she was the one who actually gave them the boots, I think. God. But what the hell was up with the Goombas? Like, they were huge with with tiny tiny heads. (laughs) Like, what? They looked nothing like a
1: Goomba. Opposite Goombas. Who cares?
0: (laughs) Yoshi was literally a dinosaur. I guess that was the best part of the movie. Um, Um, Toad was literally just mushrooms. The what? bombs were tiny wind up toys, which were not great at all. And like Dennis Hopper transformed from like some humanoid into Bowser, which to me was just strange.
2: Yeah, but there's other weird things about him as well is that through the whole movie, he holds his hands like this. Like, if you don't I can't see, I'm holding them up like little tiny fingers in front of my chest because he evolved from the ty- Tyrannosaurus family. So through the whole movie, he's walking like this. And you only really pick up on these things when you rewatch the movie again and you think about, oh, that was a clever little uh,
1: not there. For the benefit of people listening, Ray just did a little impression of like Mr. Burns when he's hunched over with his, <laughs> his hand, fingers dangling down in front of him.
2: Smoothies! <laughs> Excellent. Um, but anyways, look, we've laboured on one of my favourite video game adaptations into a movie. What about one of you guys?
1: Brian, take us to a better place, will you? I'm going to pick a, a TV series um, from my childhood. Uh, Earthworm Jim
0: oh my god yes what a
1: Jim was based on the game actually so the game came first not the other way around um mm-hmm. just love the song guys the song at the start uh, such a groovy
2: worm
1: guy i knew i'd be able to get you guys to sing if I, <laughs> 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 um yeah i just love the characters in it like bob the killer goldfish psychro princess what's her name <laughs> queen queen slug for a bus peter Bobby, oh yeah just awesome. Like it's
0: Ooh, um, Games were great too, weren't they? The games were
1: good. They were really good 2D platformers. So you you play Jim, who's like a normal earthworm who has had a super suit from space land on him and turn him into a superhero. And he's running around levels shooting his ray gun. It's called Jim's Big Red uh, Ray Gun. Um, and it was one level, I think it was in Earthworm Jim 2, where you get turned into a salamander and you're just f- swimming around in this weird... Thing and you end up in a quiz show and it's asking you like <laughs> quiz questions, and no matter what you pick, the answers are never right, so you can't win. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and that's the end of the level, and you progress to the next level. Brilliant! Uh, it's just a totally bonkers TV show, as well. Like, they mm. they match the humor of the game really well in the show. I think that show was way ahead of its time. Like, I think people mm. who nowadays, nowadays like things like Rick and Morty should go back and check Earth from Jim out.
2: Wasn't because, uh, Jim voiced by uh. Dan Castle, oh, yes. Term. Dan Castle, Homer, yeah. Homer yeah. Simpson,
1: yeah, 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 big time, yeah. Eight, yeah.
2: lads, stupid scum. <laughs> I just
0: remember him going crazy like that. <laughs> well, that's that's a very good show, Brian. What, what about, about you, Clavisthor? Hey. Oh me, okay. Uh, let's start off with an easy one: Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> now I wasn't expecting anything great, and to be honest with you, it wasn't. An amazing movie, but I definitely enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching this one. Uh, it was only released this year. I think it was originally really? meant to be last year. Yes,
1: that yes. movie. They delayed it because of his teeth.
0: Wasn't it Valentine's Day they released it? Because I think it was supposed to be last year, but obviously there was that huge backlash with the original look of Sonic, where he looked, you know, weird, weird eyes, sharp teeth, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. The public obviously voiced their opinion as they said it didn't look like Sonic at all, which I would agree with. But mm. the studio decided to delay the movie, redo all the animations, and change the look of Sonic, which they did. And to be honest with you, I would say that was a lot of work in such a short amount of time. But mm. my God, it definitely paid off anyway. So yeah. uh, you have James Marsden as Thomas Michael Wachowski, like the local sheriff. I think he was in Westworld, wasn't it? He was, yeah. He was, yeah. Uh, you had Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic, and Jim Carrey himself as Dr. Robotnik. Now. You ever going to say, right? return to form, I think. Definitely return to form. Like, it, it reminded me of Jim Carrey back in his Liar Liar Ace Ventura kind of mask days. I mean, he was just absolutely brilliant. Even his interactions with his assistant, I thought were absolutely hilarious. So I guess the main plot is Sonic's transport to Earth. Was it some kind of owl saved his life by transporting him to Earth? Is it now?
2: Yeah, the whole owl thing was a bit mad. Um, mm-hmm. she gave him like a bag of rings, and the rings apparently can grant the the user instant teleportation as long as you visualize the place you want to go to.
0: But uh, he obviously lives a life of seclusion. But he's been watching the local sheriff anyway. But once the local sheriff Tom discovers Sonic, her lovable fast blue hedgehog he obviously sets out to help sonic defeat dr robotnik an evil scientist who wants to experiment on him but i mean it had this great slow motion scene kind of reminiscent of the x-men quicksilver scene oh, right that, was in the fire. Fire. that was so good and like like i said it wasn't an amazing movie but i definitely had a lot of fun with it i know you did as well right
2: yeah i think it was just people wrote it off quite early and i think i don't think that movie would have ever been made if it wasn't for the success of Detective Pikachu because i think uh, any studio would have been nervous putting out a fully cgi sonic in, next to real life humans they would have just been like that's ah, not going to work but detective pikachu obviously showed yeah look you can if it's done tastefully you can get these characters interacting it doesn't necessarily have to be so
0: jarring um yeah I mean, even roger rabbit who framed roger rabbit mm. you now cartoons mix in with humans i thought that was done really well i'd just like to see more of that
1: yeah yeah absolutely I hear Jim Carrey hurt his back on, on that film. He hurt himself carrying the weight the whole film on his shoulders. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Burn. Burn!
2: Get some there, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, what about yourself, Ray?
2: I have another one. Yeah, um, this is a, a reasonable choice now. Um, Silent Hill, the first movie adaptation of Silent Hill, ha- has to be one of the most fateful adaptations of the atmosphere of a game transposed to a film I've ever seen the the story itself is a bit eh. it's kind of a hodgepodge of several final fantasy games mushed in together but does it really matter it's a different interpretation of the franchise everything looks amazing this the scenery looks perfect the camera angles the way like when the the mother character I can't remember her name is running through like a long alleyway and the camera does that weird kind of cinematic thing where it follows the character where we used to have tank controls it's just following her like that uh pyramid head looks amazing the nurses like there's a scene in the corridor where all the nurses are standing there and they only move when you make noise like that looked terrifying and the end of that movie where uh god is it is it isabella i can't remember the name of the the little girl um black-haired girl in a black like, in purple dress but where she comes out under the ground and c- gets the uh cult leader spoilers ahead if you've never seen this movie i'm very surprised where the barbed wire wraps around her and just let's just say doesn't give her a good ending. I was actually shocked by that myself. But yeah, no, honest to God, it's it's one of the better movie adaptations I've ever seen.
0: You know it's really weird? I've watched that movie like years ago, but I can't remember what actually happened in it.
2: Doesn't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, does Johnny not own one of the
0: props uh, from the that dress room? from like the, the bloody dress or something he like does, that he has he? on his
1: wall yeah <laughs> friend of the show he, johnny yeah. yeah and he won't let anyone see it, it or touch it <laughs> it's just hidden yeah. away he's <laughs> <laughs> like no why would i do that <laughs> that's a very johnny thing to do isn't it
0: <laughs> yeah you should uh, listen to him on the dystropia podcast i'm sure he's talked about that a few times anyway <laughs> what about you brian anything else on your end
1: I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, Clyde Minogue and Jean-Claude Van Damme's amazing portrayal of Cammy and Guile in the Street Fighter movie of course what, what the hell is that film I,
0: oh. <laughs>
1: it's, it's weird isn't it it's just a weird so it's strange. A very
2: unusual movie
1: like Ryu and Ken are in it but they're not really in it like they're there for 10 seconds at the end
2: yeah. for some reason Guile is the main character um <laughs> he was never the main character in the game he was he was this tertiary character at best if even yeah
0: yeah um and his hair did not match the game
2: yeah he, he had a no that was action, disappointing even though he was supposed to be american and he had a, like an american tattoo on his arm he goes to speak like this we need to take down bison <laughs>
0: it's like
1: oh, it it really remember. The flash kick, but it yeah. just doesn't look great as well yeah. as far as
0: i remember didn't blanca look really weird as well
2: yeah, because he started off as a human who was called Charlie, who eventually became a character in the game, I think. Yeah, but Charlie was, was turned so, yeah, into yeah. Blanca, And, oh my God, so weird. Although, I must say, Raul Julia as M. Bison, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you could ne- not get a better actor to hand that role up to the extreme. He's loving it. He's absolutely yeah. loving it. Um, like, even from the simple thing, like, just going, game over! And he does the... Um, <laughs> Did he break his back as well, Brian?
1: <laughs> I don't think <laughs> he probably he probably hurt himself quite a lot. Yeah, he
2: did die shortly um, after that movie. So, uh, oh, that's, that's uh, let's give uh, let's give thanks for uh, where, where it's in. My
1: favorite little um, favorite little nugget of information about that one is they actually made a video game of the movie of the video game for Street Fighter. Yeah, so there's actually a Street Fighter as a movie game where it's the actors like rotoscoped in and animated, mm. and somehow the game. Is as bad as the movie, which is based on a really good fighting video game. I don't know how they achieved that. It's incredible.
2: It looks like the the game, if anyone wants to imagine what it kind of looks like, imagine Mortal Kombat 2 arcade. So it's like, it's like like photographs of like individual sprites where you have different animations. It's photographs of the actors doing those animations, then repurposed into a video game.
0: Very unusual
2: decision.
1: Amazing movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so next on my list anyway would be Detective Pikachu, the Pokemon movie, which Uh I enjoyed. I mean, it was released in 2019, starred Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, and Justice Smith as Tim Goodman. I've never seen Justice Smith in a movie. Probably won't watch him again. The main plot is Tim Goodman is a 21-year-old insurance agent who gave up his dream of being a Pokemon trainer Hmm. after his mother died and he fell out with his father. He's called to Rhyme City, which is like a city where humans and Pokemon live in harmony. And the likes To say capturing and fighting Pokemon is forbidden. There he meets with the police where he's informed his father was killed in a car crash. But hmm. when he goes to his father's apartment, he comes across a Pikachu. He ends up accidentally inhaling a purple gas. And when he comes to, he can actually understand Pikachu and he can actually hear what Pikachu is saying. While others probably just hear hmm. Pika Pika. But the Pikachu was his father's Pokemon who lost his memory after the crash as well, but believes his father survived just like he did. So they Mm. set out to solve the mystery. But it had a few really good scenes, like the Mr. Mime interrogation scene. Uh, Oh,
2: any scene where Mr. Mime was brilliant. The part where he runs, he's trying to get on a motorbike. He's like, oh no, he's going down. Oh, he's falling real hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I like how for... Yeah, I liked the fur effect on Pikachu. I actually thought it was like a really cool look for him. And honestly, Ryan Reynolds was perfect for the role. It was basically Deadpool playing Pikachu, which I thought was really funny. Like there was a lot of kind of adult like jokes, like adult style jokes in there that kids probably wouldn't get, but they were just looking at bloody Psyduck all the time. So they didn't matter. Yeah, I mean, human acting wasn't great. No, like like, I was expecting a lot more, but overall, it was an enjoyable movie. The strange thing is, though, like, say they made such a big deal of Risha Ora being in the movie, but what, she was in it for less than five minutes or something like that? Risha Ora's and Pikachu? She was the scientist who was kind of experimenting on Mewtwo in that lab. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Blink and you miss it. I know, but it's, there you go. A lot of people made a big deal of her being in it, but she was in it for so little a time that you didn't even know she was in it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a very good, um, like, I never thought we would get a live action Pokemon movie. And I remember seeing the the, the first trailer when it came out and just that kind of teaser alongside, um, the turtles happy together was just like Mm -hmm. this is going to be great. Even if it's a crap movie, this is going to be great. (laughs) I just remember watching the movie and being like absolutely in stitches for some parts of it. Like, um, where Pikachu goes up against Charizard for the first time and he goes, Oh, I've handled this guy before. (laughs) And then he realized that it's out of control. He's like, get me out of here. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah i mean like i'm looking forward to seeing what what kind of another sequel i'll see no spoilers on this one because this is a great movie you should watch i mean, be given the way it ends i would find it hard how they would make a sequel but look mm. Pokemon company i'm sure i'll figure out
0: some way i'm sure they will any other shout-outs you want to give lads
1: uh, we mentioned the witcher earlier that's yeah. a great yeah. tv series quick shout out to the resident evil movies they're a mixed bag of absolute garbage and some of them are decent. Mm. Some good action sequences, and particularly in the first two, scary liquor monster. In the first one is pretty cool as well. And I love that scene in the first movie. If you've seen it, where they need to go down this corridor and there's these lasers that like slice everything. Oh. And one guy walks in and he just gets absolutely like diced yeah. <laughs> into little cubes. <laughs> I remember seeing that and I think that was... That was absolutely awesome. That
2: CGI, surprisingly, still holds up. I I saw it on an episode of, um, what do do you call that TV show or YouTube channel with the three lads sitting down watching VFX? Corridor Crew? Corridor Crew, yeah. And they were like watching it as well going, this still looks really good. Hmm. (laughs) Yourself, Ray? Um, Nothing's really coming to mind. I know you were saying that um, the one you had was the prequel comic to
0: uh, Spider-Man PS4, was it? Exactly. Yeah. So it's called Spider-Man Hostile Takeover. The book was released in 2018 and written by David Liss. It is the official prequel to the Marvel Spider-Man game for the PS4 by Insomniac. Main story is Spider-Man runs into someone who acts and moves just like him. And later on down the line, he's actually framed for murder. Now, it's a Spider-Man imposter, basically, who is like Michael Bingham. So He's known in the comic books as the Blood Spider, but they kind of changed his comic book origin, I believe, which was actually pretty cool. And I guess the gist of it is Bingham spent a majority of his life thinking that he was actually Spider-Man and Peter Parker was, you know, he'd stolen his life. So it kind of leads from there. And then you learn a bit more about him and how unstable he is. I would highly recommend it. I don't want to go really into, you know, major spoilers or anything like that, but I would definitely pick it up on, say, you know, even the likes of Amazon Kindle because, yeah, it's a very good book if you like the video game on the PS4. Is it a graphic novel or is it a book? It is a book. Yes. Oh so right. Okay. No graphics whatsoever. No I was, uh, comic book
2: graphic novel. Purely, I just hope, wanted to hope there was a scene where the two of them are pointing at each other, going, "You're oh, not no, the real." I'm well, into yeah. The Spider-verse. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, into the Spider Verse.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with Brian on The Witcher. I mean, Henry Cavill was just brilliant in that role. Like, I remember a lot of people were given out that Henry Cavill was playing Geralt. They were like, "Oh no, it should have been what Mads Mickelson or something like that, or Wait. you know, we should be choosing someone else." He but was great, though. He was amazing. I think he suited him absolutely perfect. He got all the mannerisms, the voice down. It just kind of reminded me very you now similar to you know Heath Ledger being cast as. The joker a lot of people are like oh it's never gonna work you're absolutely stupid and then afterwards everyone is like oh my god he did such an amazing job yeah, yeah and really. toss a coin to your witcher song is so damn catchy it's bloody annoying sometimes <laughs>
2: it really and
0: is. to to follow ray's lead and <laughs> movies that are absolutely shit based off video games <laughs> 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 uh doom Oh, my God. Uh,
1: oh, live oh, Doom with the first person scene. Uh, that,
0: yeah. I swear to God, I used that
2: scene as a reference as to how a bad a scene can ruin a movie. Well, I oh. saw that on the night it came out. And once it went into first person shooter mode, the entire cinema started laughing. Like, <laughs> it wasn't people was, like, laughing. It was just like there was proper people slapping their thighs laughing at that scene. Yeah, have
0: to.
1: Don't even know. It's the only reaction you can make.
0: now <laughs> I, I I agree I agree with you, Ray. That scene would have ruined the movie, but it was already ruined well before then, so it was fine. But Carl <laughs> Urban starred as what John Reaper Grimm hey, um, and rosamund Pike. Pike. I'm usually a fan of rosamund Pike. She played uh, Dr. Samantha Grimm, and we had Dwayne the Rock Johnson himself as <laughs> Serge Asher mahonen I think his name was. My god, what just
1: going as The Rock at the time as well, wasn't
0: he? He was just going as the rock. I think he was credited as the The rock, Rock. yeah, exactly. But basically, what personnel are at a UAC facility, so Union Airspace Corporation. They're attacked by unknown enemies anyway, and a team of Marines are sent to the distress call and obviously it's led by Sarge or The Rock, if you want to say that. But I mean the first person mode, like you said, Ray, absolutely ridiculous, like was he was one- just rampaging through the facility and it just looked absolutely stupid.
2: There was just like it was fine because he was going through his first person mode and he was shooting things left, right, and center. And this was kind of like this is ridiculous. But there's one scene in particular where there's one of the zombie grunts or whatever they're called. He runs around the corner and he sees the guy coming towards him and he actually turns to run away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I really I, need
0: to watch this again. Oh, uh, I know the rock, he wasn't he taken away by like some of the mutants and i think it was the reaper and basically he managed to escape but then he started mutating into a different creature and everything else and oh my god it just got worse and worse and worse but yeah doom do not watch it or you will be doomed okay and finally lads let's talk about our favorite writing or storylines in a video game i'll start off anyway god of war released in 2018 developed by sony with santa monica who is an absolutely brilliant studio in my opinion some of the games they are banging out at the moment are just absolutely brilliant uh the theme in this one was like norse mythology and mm. takes decades after god of war 3 i believe but it starred christopher judge as kratos who we all know and love as tealc from a Star- g1 yeah. Oh, yeah
1: and again was it was realizing that now actually yeah
0: <laughs> it was another situation where a lot of people were like why are you replacing was it terence c carson the original voice actor were you replacing with Christopher Judge you know we want the original actor blah 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 but he obviously shut the critics up themselves anyway I thought he did an absolutely brilliant job but being just a story Kratos and his wife Faye have a, son's na- a son named Atreus hmm. she dies and they cremate her and like Atreus has- is called Boy you don't <laughs> call him by his real name it's just Born. true Born. <laughs> Born. but Born. uh Boy has no idea about his father's past or what he's done over the years and even the starting scene kratos is confronted by like a man but like god like Paris, and that just leads to an epic Conor mcgregor there you <laughs> go Conor, Conor mcgregor, McGregor. <laughs> um,
2: <I can't laughs> and just
0: led to an epic battle scene there
2: that 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 first battle with him is one of the most stressful and cinematic fights i've
0: ever had in the game i just couldn't believe it at the start it was just amazing and like after kratos survives the fight he sets off with boy to Scatter, you know, the mother's ashes on the highest peak of the nine realms, which I believe was her last wish. But in terms of gameplay, it was great, it was like slow, it was methodical. The Leviathan axe was just very reminiscent of Thor's hammer. The acting Mm. was just absolutely tremendous. Like, I really connected with the characters. Like, Kratos went from being absolutely over the top kind of character to you know, a very relatable father like figure. Well, he was a father, so he is a father figure, but anyway, (laughs) and like. I mean, I'd say this is my favorite God of War game to date. Like, I did play all of them before, but I just thought this was a really nice change up of formula. Like, it would be my favorite PS4 game just behind the Spider-Man PS4 game. Like, I oh, absolutely well. love Spider-Man, but that would definitely be my second favorite PS4 game anyway. Hmm.
2: Awesome. Yeah, some
1: really good puzzles in that game as well. And I just love the feeling of, throwing the axe and then having it come back to you and it almost feels like you're catching it when it comes back to you yeah even though you're holding a game controller Mm. it's crazy
2: good massive kudos to the guys who came up with that um gameplay dynamic of the axe throwing because the guy who worked in that eventually was hired to do thor's actual hammer throw in marvel's avengers Mm. because they wanted that kind of feel like if you're throwing it and you're you want catch it again like that. That um, was one of the
0: things I loved about the beta playing as Thor just, you know, in the hammer throwing and everything else. That was really good.
2: Yeah. Um another great thing about the God of War game actually is it, those Valkyrie battles were just incredible. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What so, stuff, Brian, what's, what's your uh story board, game, favorite thing?
1: This <laughs> is my thing. This is what I like about games and it's what I it's what I do for my job. Like so I sort of live this day to day. Um i mentioned knights of the old republic earlier on Um, almost as good if not on par with that i think is the story for mass effect 2 yes
0: Um, my personal favorite game of all time
1: yeah it's definitely one of my top five for sure Mm -hmm. um particularly the suicide mission in that game i actually spent so much more time preparing for that suicide mission just to make sure that all of my crewmates would survive i was the um, exact same yep <laughs> I, like i could have just gone for it and it probably would have been fine mm. but i was like no i'm making sure and i didn't lose anybody the first time i played it. Yeah, when yeah. i replayed it i lost i lost somebody but the first time i didn't lose anybody at all and just the stress but that oh. it's like the kind of stress that is positive and pushes you forward mm. and it makes it just makes the characters feel that more real when you know that they could be mortal and you may never see them again in your mm. playthrough yeah, incredible achievement by by Bioware. I don't think they've they've done anything remotely as good since then. Like the Mass Effect Three was great as well. It had some really good story elements, but just that that particular part of the second one, as far as writing and story goes, is just absolutely out of this world.
0: I mean, what an amazing cast as well. Like Mark Meer was the male Commander Shepard. Jennifer Hale was the female Commander Shepard. Seth Green as Joker. I was just like, yes. what? He was great. Really <laughs> Yvonne Strahovski, who you might know from, was it Dexter and that, was Miranda Lawson. Martin Sheen is the elusive man as well. Like, Martin Sheen, of all people, to be in a video game? I was
1: like, what? the elusive man was an amazing character. You didn't really know what his plan was. You never really trusted him, but at the same time, he was helping you the whole time. And you were like, what is going on Mm. with this guy?
0: And it was like a a third-person action combat RPG. I actually liked the fact it felt more action-y than the first one, as opposed Mm. to, you know, more RPG elements. The main story is you're set out in the Milky Way galaxy. It takes place shortly after Mass Effect 1. While on a mission, the Normandy falls under attack. Shepard manages to save his crew. Unfortunately, he gets blasted into space. I think he died of asphyxiation because I think there was some kind of breach in his suit. And then he fell into orbit into the nearby planet. But basically Cerberus, led by the elusive man, recovers his body and revives him. And... I think it took two years for him to be fully revived, and he basically gives Shepard this whole idea that several colonies and populations are disappearing around the galaxy, and the collectors are up to this. So Shepard's given you know his new Normandy ship, Joker at the helm, and an onboard AI named Edie, which was kind of cool. Um, she was played by someone from... Battlestar Galactica, who was the blonde in in the red dress in Battlestar Galactica?
1: Oh, it's Trisha Helfer. That's it, yes.
0: As far as I know, Trisha Helfer was the voice of Edie as well. Jesus, how did I forget that? But, I mean, it was great. The amount of dialogue options in this game, absolutely ridiculous. I thought the combat was great. The use of, like, the combat wheel and obviously using the powers of, like, you know, your buddies and the people with you on the party missions. Like, I always played as a soldier. I don't know about yourselves,
1: but I just loved it. Did
0: you play as a soldier, Brian, or did you play as an adept or something like that?
1: Yeah, I, I played as a soldier the first playthrough. And then I tried the Biotics Expert one ah. and in one of the playthroughs as well. That was really fun. Like just picking up dudes and throwing them around the room. That was really fun.
2: What about yourself, Ray? I've, I've never played Mass Effect. That's Just on a side topic, um, I think. Going forward, I'm going to have to go back and play these games. I did try to re- uh, play Mass Effect. I think you actually gave me the trilogy before, Clive. And the controls on the first game are so bad, it kind of turned me off. And I know most people say, oh, skip the first game. Just make the Yeah, i was <laughs> just like, ah, I don't want to pick these choices of people who survive when I don't have any connection to them. In fairness, Damn. the
0: amount of rumors I keep hearing about this remaster of mm. the remaster. Yeah, that, I, that's uh, what I think.
2: Like, like I keep hearing that as well. And I think if that's ever proven to be true and they've improved the controls on the first one, that is a, a
0: trilogy I'm going to have to revisit. And to be honest with you, Ray, with EA mm. Access coming to Game Pass you'll be able to play all the Mass Effect games. So just saying. This is true. This is true. Then my selection for a fantastic
2: story, I'm I'm kind of pulling a lot of this from my memory and I had to kind of scour a little bit of synopsis via wiki to remind me of one or two things. But just remember this game and the story being fantastic is Spec Ops The Line. It's a game that normally gets throwing around when people go this is an unbelievable story you just have to play it and it kind of is one of those games you just have to play i mean roughly the story is you play this captain guy called martin walker who's brought in to i think to pull out a team from dubai after dubai is basically lost to like the worst sandstorms that was ever recorded in history but then when you get in there into the kind of mission you realize that there's this other militia crew in there and they're led by this other kind of i don't know uh, militia leader whatever so the story is you kind of go around, you're kind of it's just an average bog standard shooter. You're kind of going around and after a while you're kind of going, damn, this is fucking actually plays really well. And then suddenly there's one scene in particular where you're given a choice and there's no good answer to the choice. And after that, I was just like, this game is grueling. Um, so <laughs> you kind of get pulled in a bit more, you kind of get a bit more into the Dubai and kind of figure out where this like crime lord is living and where they're set up, and you get close to kind of caption them and closer and closer and you just can't get close enough they're always out of reach and then there's a scene that involves white phosphorus and i wouldn't say this is just a great story beat because it's shocking but something happens in that scene which is pretty damn shocking that i actually had to put my controller down i had to go to my cupboard and get a glass of wine to sit down before i could resume playing i was (laughs) properly disgusted with myself because of the decision i made but anyways the story keeps going and apparently there's like four endings on this game, depending on the decisions and the paths you kind of take. And the reveal at the end is possibly one of, well, my ending anyways that I got was possibly one of the best story twists of the last generation I've ever played. And I highly recommend that if anybody sees this game, pick it up, you will not regret playing it. I know I haven't really explained much about the story because by explaining it, you kind of give it all away. Um, just trust me you just got to get up there and play this game
1: it's great it's really good yeah i second everything ray says it's super good good stuff anything
0: else there from yourself brian
1: yeah i've got loads of these um Mm, i'll quickly mention my game of the year from last year was fire emblem three houses on the Uh, switch brilliant game um jrpg tactics turn-based game um on the surface it looks like your average anime Mm. cartoon thing but it's actually got a really good storyline it's kind of it feels a little bit like harry potter in some ways like you're in this school and you're like the leader of a house and you're teaching magic and combat and all these things to other students and you're building an army and then going out into the field and doing fights and um, there's one particular story beat um which i won't spoil because the game is super new it's but super i recommend long. everybody play it <laughs> it's also extremely long like each playthrough probably takes about 60 70 hours mm-hmm. people who have played it will know what i mean when i say the black eagles story centered on a character called Edelgard. Um, and her relationship with the church and the leader of the church. There's one part in the game where you're given a decision to make. And it's like the biggest decision ever. Like it's basically your favorite character is going to die or the world is going to end mm. sort of stuff. It's not exactly that, but it is along those lines. And it's harrowing stuff. Just you're, I remember when I was presented with the choice and I it's one of those menus where there's a timer and the timer is ticking down but like it's the slowest timer ever because they Uh know that everybody who's getting to make this decision in this game is going to take ages to choose so like normally the the timer takes about 10 seconds this one was minutes long because they knew people would want to like walk away from it and come back to it it's really really fun
0: good shout like i've talked about this game enough my one would be Uh, Because you obviously mentioned Mass Effect. That was on my list as well. But I'll just quickly say Spider-Man for the PS4. Mm. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant storyline. Like, there was a lot of kind of tear-jerking moments that kind of pulled on the heartstrings there. I liked the fact that they stayed true to, you know, the character. But they also built their own kind of universe, their own kind of story. Mm. You know, it was kind of almost like a retelling of the Spider-Man story, which is actually really nice. The fact that Doctor Octavius, like Otto, was you know almost like a father figure to him in this movie, which uh, sorry, this video game, which is actually really cool, and seeing just how Doctor Octavius changes while the game progresses was just brilliant, and it obviously introduced you to like to say Miles and MJ and everything else, and uh, you actually got to play as MJ in a few missions, which was really nice to see as well. Like hmm. they were more like you know watch out for this or hide behind this and so on, but. Overall, brilliant game, brilliant story. I'd love the traversal in that game. I will gladly play that again uh, when I eventually get a PS5. Hopefully for the remastered, you know, version that's coming with mm. the PS5 version of Miles Morales. But yeah, just a quick shout-out to that anyway. Yep. For a self-ray. Um
2: yeah, yeah, super quick shout-out again um for this one, which is Hellblade, Senuous Sacrifice, a game that came out, I think it was twenty seventeen, possibly on PlayStation, uh, yeah, playing twenty seventeen. So obviously, you, you play as this uh, character called Senua, who's like um, Viking origin, um, and she lives like up in the Scandinavian countries. But she obviously suffers from this. Um, I don't know if they actually specify what her condition is. It d- dementia or some sort of psychosis. But in her kind of society, it's known as something called a fury. So it's they think it's like voice of spirits talking to them. And the whole idea is that she's trying to, she comes from a quite a religious sect of her community and she's trying to get her uh, dead lover soul back from, uh, I think it's Hella, But like, it's, it treats kind of the, the way mental illness very carefully. And I think the, the guys um, who developed it, like specifically did a research with a lot of medical boards to kind of research how these voices appear and how someone suffering from this kind of disease would see puzzles when there weren't really puzzles and that's kind of how it brought it into the game so Mm. she would see symbols or uh, branches in the trees and she would think that when they line up a certain way it shows the way through the forest but they use that in the game as a mechanic and i thought that was absolutely fantastic like there's reflections or she sees like uh, blinks of light and when she's looking through that's how she decides where to go But the story itself is just crazy. And there's some really dark moments where, like, especially if you're playing on headphones, it's proper immersive 3D audio that goes all the way around your head. But anyways, you you figure out, that like, she's been kind of abused mentally while she's been growing up. And this is just how she interprets the world. And her illness wasn't really understood. And she thinks that she's cursed. And by God, it's just it's an amazing game. It's just fantastic.
0: Get out there and play it yeah i mean ninja theory are an absolutely brilliant studio and what a get for microsoft to you know acquire ninja theory and Mm -hmm. obviously have hellblade 2 on game pass and their xbox consoles day one another thing that's probably going to sway me
2: for towards that xbox series s i mean how am i going to complete her story if i don't get one
0: (laughs) yeah uh as far as i can see here from a verge article they say it explores mental health and psychosis so Mm yeah again that whole kind of mental health thing uh, the actress as far as i know who plays the the main woman in it wasn't she like one of the uh, crew uh, or the staff uh, yeah she, in she the was one of the
2: programmers or something um i can't remember what's her name off the top of my head i'll have to do a quick research and go back to it. but yeah she was only doing like i think the the motion capture for it at the time and they were just like yeah we really like like the way you're looking and the way you're doing the performance so they just ran with it
0: and what a fantastic yeah, she did a brilliant job she won yeah, an award amazing. for as far as i know at uh, the um was it the game awards or something like that yeah yeah
2: and and she absolutely like from um, melina shurgans is her name but she has a very unique look and i think this is a funny thing about doing motion capture and actually image capture of an actor who's doing it is sometimes they'll obviously do the motion capture and then they'll build a character but then the character always looks flawless or or has like perfect teeth or whatever her character, because they use the motion capture where to do that thing where the have all the dots in the camera pointing at your face. She's got a very unusual look about her, very unique face. And I think that just worked to humanize her that bit more. Like her, she doesn't have perfect teeth. Her eyes aren't perfect, like big doe-eyed with brown eyes and luscious brunette hair or something like that. She just looks like an everyday kind of girl and it really grounds it in the story and you really mm-hmm. kind of feel for her. So yeah, Ninja Terry absolutely knocked it out of the park in that game
0: yeah even though we only saw a teaser trailer for the second one i'm still hyped just by that trailer alone can't wait to play it. The
2: music in that trailer is brilliant it's like what that crazy band that were in eurovision with all the masks oh that's it it's like something lordy would put out
0: (laughs) (laughs) johnny mentioned that johnny mentioned that band on our heroes in disguise episode which you can also listen to on spotify (laughs) but um anything else guys on your lists
1: no, i think that's it yeah i can give you give you a little speed round of a few, sure few good thing. examples before away, man. we finish up bioshock the first oh, bioshock yes amazing writing incredible twist the half-life games particularly the first one when it came out there was nothing like that in video games i don't think video games even had a writer mm. on staff before the first half-life absolutely incredible dawn guard the expansion for skyrim the vampire one i think that's yes. absolutely fantastic writing in that one Whoever wrote all the dialogue for GLaDOS in Portal and Portal 2 needs to be uh, given a raise. Amazing job there. Soul Reaver Legacy of Cain. Just even the first 20 minutes of that game where you see Cain get jealous of Raziel's wings, break his wings and send him down into the depths. And that's the setup for the game. That's just an amazing intro. Whoever wrote that was way ahead of their time as well. And um, one that I haven't seen a lot of praise for, but is... One of the best examples of story in a game for me in a long time is uh, Titanfall 2. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. like That single-player campaign from start to finish is one of the greatest single-player experiences I've ever played. Um, for a game that on the box is a big, giant robot shooting rockets, <laughs> it has an extremely emotional and smart story, yeah. really good, hard sci-fi. Yeah that's an experience unlike like anything else if you've if you've overlooked that game because you don't like the look of the the cover art or the, if you don't like giant robots mm. you can ignore that almost entirely when playing it. it's it's fantastic
2: yeah and it's it's actually uh apex legends is set in the world of titanfall so it actually shares uh continuity well not really continuity but it, it is in that same world and
0: universe it's such a shame it got released to die basically yeah is what ea did to that but like I think they released it on PS Plus, so hopefully a lot of you know people would have played Titanfall Two after that. But obviously because EA owns Titanfall Two, you'll get to play that on Game Pass at some stage in the future as well. You getting paid off
2: here, Clive? This money from I'm, Clive I'm from ads. <laughs> that' way you're wearing right, a girl? green green T shirt today.
0: <laughs> Is
1: that next T shirt? no, that an it's an X tattooed on the on your forehead. <laughs> X, don't and give it to man. you.
0: Phil Spencer, if you're listening, please send me a Halo Infinite t-shirt, because I can't find that blue one anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Uh, Longer episode than usual, lads, but I knew that was going to happen, but I just thought this was actually a really cool kind of subject to talk about. Mm. Lots to talk about as well. I'd say we'll finish up there, but before we go, Brian, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Like, Tell us where the people can find you.
1: Yeah, I write books. You can find details on brianleilisbooks.com. I'll give Clive a handy link to stick in the show notes. stuff. Yeah, you can find all the good stuff there. Some free stuff and some paid stuff there. So
0: have a look. Brilliant stuff. And your uh, books would also be available on, like to say, Amazon and everything else, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, you'll just search my name. You'll find them there. There's links on the website as well. Go find it all in one place.
0: And Ray, my good man, tell the lads where they can find you. Uh, I live at home. Uh, my (laughs) air code is (laughs) no. um, I run a uh,
2: podcast with a good friends of mine, uh, Eddie and Rob. It's called screen 17. You can find it on Spotify as well. Apparently it's on Apple. I never uh, put it there, but it's up there for some reason. Um, You can find us on Instagram at screen 17 podcast. We don't really put anything up there, but that's probably going to change at some point in the future. But generally we talk about films uh tv kind of what's coming up we sometimes do reactions to like big events so we recently did one for the dc fandom mainly on the movies uh side um we're we're currently at this point being september we're talking about a bunch of time travel movies uh we call it our hot pod time machine (laughs) and uh yeah i mean heading into christmas and halloween we normally talk about like horror and seasonal festive movies so yeah check it out
0: Cool, and don't forget to check him out on twitch.tv slash plays.
2: Yes, I also stream very, very, very occasionally. i <laughs> got to get back <laughs> to that. I normally play XCOM, so if you want to see someone play XCOM really bad, check
1: that out. Good. Oh, just what I want. Yeah, I have to tune into that. It's basically Definitely. me just screaming, going... Burf!
0: Uh, you can find me on twitter and instagram at cliveysaur yes that is ivysaur with a clive c-l-i-v-e-y-s-a-u-r and don't forget you can also find the podcast sidequest heroes on instagram using at sidequest heroes where you can follow all of our video game related shenanigans And let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know, you know, some of your favorite games inspired by other mediums and vice versa. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us today, Brian.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me along.
0: And thank you as always, Ray. See you next time. See you later, lads. Bye-bye.